A good walk. Today's daf is daf vav, page six in the Heiliga Mesachas Kedushin. We are back in the middle of Heilman Beis, however, right? We're uh, halfway down the Amud on daf Hey Amud Beis. We are up to the two dots. Tonu Rabbonon. If you all have the place, we have a lot, a lot to do today. So let us get going. Halfway down Heilman Beis. Tanu Rabbanon, the rabbis learned, and so should we. Ketzad Bekesef. Now that we know you're allowed to use money to affect a marriage, how is the process done? Nasun Lakesef Ashavakesef. The way it's done is as follows The man gives the woman either money or the value of money. Viyamalani says to her, Area Mikudashasli, behold, you are married to me. Area Morasasli, behold, you are have Arisen. Arisen is the first stage of marriage, the way that marriage works. Biblically is first there's the acquisition of the hand in marriage That's called erisin And then there's nisuin Where the couple actually moves in together Behold you are to me for a wife And all these If you give her money and you say these statements And she accepts it Behold you are married But If she gives the money And she says Behold I am married to you Behold I am betrothed to you Behold, I am your wife. You are not married. It is not a valid marriage. So, what we just exp- what we just explained is as follows. Until now, we've been learning you can affect marriage with kesef. You can affect marriage with money. Now we're learning what direction the money goes. It has to go strictly from the man to the woman, and he has to make a statement at the time that he gives you the money, so that it's clear. What the money is being given for? Masler or Papa? Papa has a challenging question. In time with Rasulullah, the reason why it's a valid marriage is because he gave her the money and he spoke it out. But let's say he would give the money. Let's say he puts a ring on her finger, and when he puts a ring on her finger, she says, "Behold, I am giving over my hand in marriage to you." It seems in a Mekudeshes, it's not a valid marriage again because it says in the beginning he gives her and he says it. So if any one of those are missing, it's not a valid marriage. That's what it seems to imply. But then look at the Seifa. At the end, we say, Let's say she gives him the money. The woman gives the money to the man. And she says to him, Behold, we are married. That's when it's not a valid marriage. What can we imply? The problem is she did both. Let's say, let's say he were to give her the money and she says something. Have a kedushin, it seems it would be a valid marriage. So in classic Amara fashion, the inferences from the halachas seem to be a, comp, uh, a contradiction. So Gemara says, Reisha Dafka, they begin the Mishas Dafka, meaning in order for a marriage to be effective, the man has to be the one who gives the wife the value, and he has to be the one to say, Hare at Mikudesh Asli. Seifa Kadinaspa, the end of the Mishnah, which deals with her end, that is only written to keep, uh, to keep the uh, structure, the order of the Mishnah looking good, so to speak. But it's not specific. In other words, what specific is, the husband has to be the one to give, the husband has to be the one to say. Says the Gemara, Vatana Seifa, most of the social ratio. You're not just going to write something in the Seifa if it ends up contradicting the beginning. You can write something at the end that contradicts the beginning just because it's like happens to be there. We don't do that. Rather, what we mean is as follows. If the husband, if the man gives her the money and he says, behold, we are married, that's certainly there's a valid marriage there because he's the one being active. But 
let's say he gives it and she says, Nasa Kamishun Osibramahi, then it says if she did both, and it's not a valid marriage, that's going to be approach number one. Another possible approach is if the husband gives the money and makes the statement of marriage, then we know for sure they're married. However, if she gives the money and makes a statement of marriage, also it's clear, that's not a valid marriage. However, what about an in-between case? What if what if he gives her the money? And when he hands her the money, she says, by you giving me money, behold, I am married to you. Then, we're not sure how to handle this. We're in doubt how to handle that situation, and therefore we just need to take on the stringencies of assuming she's either married, as well as the stringencies of assuming that she is not married. Amar Shmuel says, When it comes to marriage, if the husband gives her money or the value of money, the Amar law, and he says to the woman, Behold, we are married. Behold, we are betrothed. Behold, you're my wife. In all these cases, you're certainly married. However, what if he says, I am your husband. He puts a ring on his wife's finger. He gives her money. And he says, By me putting this ring on your finger, behold, I am now your husband. You are not married. You're not married. And this holds true by divorcing as well. The man gives a get to his wife. The Yomadani says to her, Behold, I am sending you away. Behold, you are divorced. Behold, you are every man. All these cases are fine. It's very clear that they're divorced. However, if he says, I am not your husband. I'm not your spouse. I'm not your husband. In the Arusech, we're not married. In Kambis Mechush, it's not a valid divorce. I'm going to repeat that by you. Repeat says that by the Memra, the Savi Yashmu Yadaim, Shemichich Savi Yadaim. See, if he says, I'm your husband, and that's not valid, what we're saying over there is, if you make a partial statement, that's nothing. Because by saying, I'm your husband, that's not making a complete statement. You're not saying, make a complete statement of marriage. You're saying, I'm your husband. When? If you give over your head to marriage to me. So in other words, he's making a partial statement, but we know from his partial statement exactly what he means. Still we say it's not a valid marriage. You have to say it out. Says Gemara, is that true? When it comes to marriage, you have to say it out? You can't just imply and say, I'm your husband. But we learned in the Mishnah, if somebody says, hey, it is on me. What does it mean it is on me? If a man stands there, he says, oh, hey, it's on me. Let me ask you a question. What does that mean? Says the Mishnah, Haray ze Nazir. The Mishnah says, if you say that, you become a Nazarite. Oh, hey, on me, you become a Nazir. Says the Mishnah, what? <laughs> and we said, why? We were thinking about this. What are you talking about? How do you know he on me means a nazir? But don't perhaps I hate Batinus. Maybe he says, it's on me to fast. It's on me to carry out the garbage. What does it do nazir? The Yom Shmuel and Shmuel explains, no, 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 no. Let me explain the story of that Mishnah. What happened was, for who shall nazir over the fun of? There was a Nazarite passing in front of the guy. And the guy looks at the Nazarite and he says, 
on me. Aha! Now we have context. So if you do that, you become a Nazir. Now here's the problem. Did you make a complete statement? No. You said a partial statement, and the context, the setting around your statement told us what's going on. So you see that partial statements in context have effectiveness. So why by marriage are we not allowing the partial statement to be effective? Why are we insisting that the husband make a statement that's mamish completely on his end? Let him make a partial statement. We know what you're talking about. Say it's a marriage. Let's learn this inside. Let's read this inside. Taima, the reason why the guy became a Nazir to Nazir Abilafanov, because the Nazir was passing in front of him. But if not, it wouldn't be, uh, it, it wouldn't be effective. The, the man said, Behold, you are married to me. So, behold, you're married to me. That we consider to be a complete statement. In other words, if he says, Behold, we are married, behold, uh, I'm your spouse, whatever, that's partial. But if he says that, that uh, behold, you are married to me, then you're married. Says the Gemara, yeah, duh, of course, you, you filled all the checkboxes of what needs to be done. Ihachi, my kamashlam, what's the novel idea? Says the Gemara, Hani, we now turn to today's daf, Hani lishni basroi kamashlam. It's letting us know the later ones where he says, uh, uh, by divorce, I'm not your spouse, I'm not your husband. Right, that we say isn't valid. Hacha, by marriage, ksiv, it says, kigach, when he takes his wife. And not that he takes himself to her. He sends her away. Not that he sends her away. The Gemara here is just explaining why he has to be the one to give her the money and make the statement by marriage and why he has to be the one to send her away. Why can't it be that he gives her the money and she makes the statement? Because then she's taking him. But the way the Torah writes it is that he has to be the one to take her. Since he has to be the one to take her, both the giving of the money and the statement must come from him. Okay. That's why the rabbis, if he says to a woman, behold, you're my wife, behold, you're betrothed, behold, you're acquired to me, she's married, he says, behold, you are mine. Hareat Bashusi, behold, you are in my domain. Hareat Skukali, behold, you're Zakuk, you're connected to me. Mikudeshes, she's also married using those uh, terms. So we have two groups of terms that are both valid marriages. Says the Gemara, so why are you making them two groups? Felisnu Kulu Bukachada. Why don't we just say a whole list and say in all these cases it's fine? Why are you making two groups and say you're married? Says the Gemara. We could have grouped them together, but the author of these statements heard them separately. First he heard this halacha, so he quoted those, and then he, he heard the other halacha, so he quoted separate. It could have been, in other words, it could have been all together, but he's giving it over the way that he heard the halachas. You probably ask questions, searching for information. What happens, this is a fascinating shayla, if a husband says to, the, to a woman, you are miyuchad. You are special for me. He puts a ring on her finger and he says, says mikudeshasli. Behold, you are married to me. He says, miyuchadasli. You're special to me. Miuedesli. Or you are set aside for me. Mahu, what's the halacha? 
as Rossi, you're going to be my Azer. Right? It says in the Torah that the wife is an Azer Kenegdai, a helper opposite. So a person says, you're my Azer, you're my helper. Negdasi, you're opposite me. Mahu, what's the Alocha? Atsurasi, what if you're the one who's gathered into me? Mahu, what's the Alocha? Tzalasi, will you be my rib? Yeah, right? Famous opinion of the Rishonim that the bone that the Rebbein Shalom made Chava from was the rib. You say, will you be my lost rib? Very romantic, yeah? Sigurasi, Mahu, will you be the one who is Sagur? You'd be the one who is locked up for me. Tachti, Mahu, you're going to be in my place. You're going to mamish, literally what it means is you're going to become like one with me. Tifushasi mahu, you're going to be the one who is grabbed to me. Likuchasi mahu, the one who I've, who's taken to me. These are all different expressions. This answers the Gemara, Pasha miyachada. We don't know how to answer all them, but one we do know, the time going to the Lekuchasi, if somebody says to a woman, Behold, you are taken to me. It's a valid marriage. When a man takes a woman. So you see, an expression of taken is an expression of, of a marriage. So we at least know that if we use a word that in the Torah is closely connected to marriage, if, then it's going to be a valid marriage. Okay. Another shayla, another question searching for information. Harufasi mahu. What if he says, you are going to be my harufa? Okay. Now what does it mean harufa? This is interesting. In the Torah, if a Jewish person owns a Eved Kenani and a Shifcha Kenanis. Okay. He owns a non-Jewish servant or a non-Jewish uh, uh, maidservant. Okay. Now, there's different halachas about mating them and marriage. So there's an expression in the Torah of this shivcha kenanis, this non-Jewish maidservant, if she is necharefes. She's, she's literally, I mean, she's married to a man. So use this expression of harufasi that's used by a shivcha kenanis. It's used in the context of marriage in the Torah, but not for a Jewish marriage. So what's the halacha? Toshma, come and listen. Let's prove from here. The Tanur learned to the Brisa. Haimer Harufasi. If one says to a woman, "You behold, you are Harufa Mikudeshas," it is a valid marriage. She can't be Huda Karnarusa Harufa. And in the area of Judah, in the Judean area of Yerushalayim, they actually referred to a married woman, to a, a woman in the first stage of marriage, as a Harufa. Yehuda have Yeruba Dama says the Gemara very nice. So you answered me for Yehuda. In Yehuda, they call a, a, a Narusa a Harufa. So there will be a valid marriage. But that's a small percentage of the world. I want to know about the rest of the world where they don't call a woman a harufa. If a person says, Harufasi, you'll be my harufa, Allah everywhere is you are married. Why? Because the Puzzle says, and she's a maidservant, set aside for a man. So, first of all, you see in the Torah this expression of harufa by marriage. And in addition to that, there are areas of the world where they mamish, they literally call a, a married woman a harufa. Okay? So the Gemara says, so the Gemara says like this. We had a question. If a man says to a woman, will you be my harufa? 
What's the halacha? Are you married? We said, yeah. How do I know? Because the Torah uses the word harufa to mean married. And also in Yehuda they use it. Sigmar is going to ask the obvious question. What do I care about the second reason? Shouldn't the first reason suffice? Yeah, we want to know. Can, if I say, will you be my harufa? It's a valid marriage. Because it says in the Torah. And by the way, in Yehuda, they also say, I don't care what happens in Yehuda. If the Torah says it's a word of marriage, it's a word of marriage. It could be in Timbuktu, in Kalamazoo, that they're using words. That, that doesn't play a role here. So what do I care? Ask the Gemara of Yehuda, just because they do something in the area of Judea, that means that now's, now it's a good reason. It says in the Torah, it says in the Torah. It says, Gemara, you're right, Allahi Kamar. If you say to a woman in Yehuda, you be my harufa, there you are uh, married. Okay. Now, what this means is like this. What he means is like this. We're using what's taking place in Yehuda as the sole source for harufa being a marriage. Why? Aye, we find in the Torah, Harufa is called marriage. To which the Gemara answers, that's only by a non-Jewish person. You find in the Torah the word Harufa by a non-Jewish marriage. Okay. But do I have a clear source that when a Jewish man uses this expression for a Jewish woman, that it's called marriage? No. And therefore we're going to walk away from the Torah source. We're no longer accepting that as a source for validity. So what am I left with? What am I left with? Is harufa going to be a valid expression of marriage? Says the Gemara, only if, only if you live in an area where they use that word for marriage. So in Yehuda, in Judea, you can use it. Everywhere else, you cannot. Okay. Says the Gemara, B'mayaskinah. What's this whole topic of these various examples? If you use these different expressions, what's the, what's the uh, context? What are we dealing with? If we're dealing with the father. You have a man and a woman talking business. He's talking business. As they're talking business, he takes out 50 bucks. He hands it to her and he says, Behold, you're designated to me. You think they're married? No. What's the guy doing anything? We're all talking business. You want to say you're, you're set aside for me. You're designated for me. If we're talking business, there's no chance we're married. Okay? So if you're going to talk about where they're not dealing with marriage at all, they weren't even dating, they're in a business meeting. So how does she know what he even means? He's giving her money. He says, oh, you're set aside for me. And she takes the money. She's married now. She has no clue what he's talking about. Of course you're not married. Ella, rather, what's the scenario? What's the circumstance? They've been talking about the topic of marriage, divorce. They're getting all in, involved. One second. Well, if they're involved in marriage talks, call it their 20th date. Okay, And they're like, oh, they're talking about their wedding and everything that's going to be. Says the Gemara, 
Maybe she should be married if she takes the money, even if he says nothing. If she, as long as she, what's the purpose of saying something to the woman? So she knows why you're giving it. If she knows anyway, you don't even need to say this. So Gemara is asking a basic question, which is, we're, we're giving examples. You're designated for me. You're Mikudeshas. One second. Hold on. If they're not dealing with marriage, you're not married. And if they are dealing with marriage, maybe you don't even need a statement. So where is a case where being set aside for me, singled out, unique, that those expressions matter? Again, if you're not talking about marriage, those expressions don't matter. You're not married. If you are talking about marriage, you don't even need those expressions. Says the Gemara, yes, let me explain. The Tanan. There's an interesting halach in the Mishnah. A man speaking with a woman about marriage matters. And then he gives her either a get or money. He doesn't explain. Rebbeisi says it's valid. Rebbeisi says, No. It's not enough to assume she understands. Yeah, Classic marriage problem. Classic, right? Husband, uh, husband does something and he's assuming his wife knows what he means and she has no clue. Or vice versa. Right? The husband is not picking up on the cues. Not getting it. You need, Rebuta says, Tzarek Lafarish. You need to say exactly what's happening. The Omar Ravuna, Omar Shmuel. Ravuna says, name is Shmuel. Halakha Rabbi We follow Rabbi who says, you don't need to make a statement. So therefore, we're back to our question. Why do we care whether or not you're set aside for me, you're designated, you're unique, is a valid marriage, there's no case where that statement even matters. If you know what's happening, you don't need a statement. If you don't know what's happening, a statement ain't gonna help. So what's the story? So Gemara says, Amri, they explained, really they were talking about the topic of marriage. However, if the man were just to hand money to the woman and be quiet, the halacha would be your taka married. However, here we go. There's a, there's a unique case here, though. Here's a case. He gave her money. If he's quiet, they'd all be fine. They would be married. She understands exactly what's happening. Except now he opened his mouth. If you're quiet, you're fine. Sounds familiar in marriage. But now he opened his mouth. And now that he opened his mouth, he caused problems. Now we say like this. Man and woman are talking marriage. If he hands you the $50 or the ring, you're going to be married. Without saying anything. But he says now to her... Will you be set aside for me? That's a vague expression. What do you want? You want to be engaged to be married? You want me to, to wait for you while you take your time to decide to be married? So when he says the statement, does he mean marriage? Maybe he's saying, you know, maybe we maybe we can go about get involved in the business. 
I like you a lot. We've been dating. I like you a lot. Let's go into business together. Let's work together. Let's spend more time together. We don't know what he means. It says the Gemara Teku. We're taka unsure. Okay. Very good. Yeah, but message is taken. Sometimes, usually communication is good, but sometimes quietness will get the job done. You start talking, you can run into trouble. Okay. Gufa, a piece of a previously quoted Mishnah. If a man and woman are talking about the, the, uh, all, all about marriage, and divorce, and then he gives her a get, or he marries her, who doesn't say anything, and says, you're married. Rebuta says, no, you're not married. As long as they're still dealing with the topic of marriage. However, if you were talking about marriage, now you're talking about, you're talking shop, you're talking about something else, and then you hand it to her, you're not going to be married. Only married if you give it to her, and you're still involved in the topic of marriage. And there's actually a source of a dispute amongst Tanoim, against, again, Rebbe says, this is only true when they're dealing with marriage. Even if they've moved on from the topic of marriage, and then he gives her the money, it's going to be a valid marriage. Says the Gemara, how's that even possible? I don't understand. What a second. You have a couple, they're on their 20th date. Talking marriage, all about their wedding, how beautiful it's going to be, whatever. In the future. He hands her money. I'm sorry. Then they start talking about um, business. A few minutes into the business conversation, he hands her money. Any chance that means marriage? Unless he says, no. Why would I assume he's talking about marriage? We've changed the topic. Ask the Gemara, if they're not dealing with marriage anymore, how in the world does she know why he's giving her the, the, the money? Rabbi Abai explains They're still talking about marriage, but they've moved, they've jumped from topic to topic within marriage. There's a lot of things when you're talking about marriage. Yeah, You've got to talk about the whole. You have to talk about how you're going to support yourselves. You have to talk, uh, talk about how you're going to handle the in-laws. You have to talk about uh, there's a lot. There's a lot to figure out over here. So as long as they're still talking about marriage, and he says nothing, it's a valid marriage. Why we said if you change topics, doesn't mean you change topic from marriage. What it means is, with, you're still talking about marriage, but you're moving, jumping from topic to topic within marriage. Okay. We follow the of Rabbi which is a couple talking about marriage, and then he gives her money, doesn't need to say anything. It's a valid marriage. Anybody doesn't know the halachas, the laws of marriage and divorce, should not get involved. If you're not well versed in these halachas, stay out. Even how well versed do you need to be? Even if you're dealing with a Paisik who has not heard the halacha of Ravuna Amar uh, Shmuel, which is that halacha karabiyasi, that as long as they're talking about the topic, he doesn't need expression. You got to know your beans. She says to him, you're right, the uh, uh, Paisik, in order to be involved 
in Gittin and Gedushin has to know that halacha as well. When it comes to divorce as well, okay, there's different expressions that the husband uses. Nasan la gita. If he hands her a get, the Yomelan, he says, Hareyat mushulachas, you are sent away. Hareyat megureshas, you are divorced. Hareyat mutars dechaladam, you're permitted to marry any other man. Hareyat megureshas, in all these cases, she is divorced. Because it's very clear from the expression what he plans on doing with this. Says the Gemara Pshita, of course, there's no novel idea. See, there's no reason to mention things that are simple. Gemara says, this is obvious. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Why? Nosam get. He handed her a get. And he said to his wife, Yeah, you're free. You're released from this marriage. What do you mean if you're free? So the word chayrin is usually used for servitude. Right? We say, in, by, by the Seder, at the end of, of uh, we say at the Seder, Lishana haba. Some people say Birushalayim, that's towards the end of the Seder. Right? But in the middle of Magdalene, we say, Lashana Haba B'nei Chayrin. Next year, we should be free people. It's B'nei Chayrin. So if you say to your wife, you are free, says the, says the uh, Mishnah, that's nothing. That's not a divorce. That's what he says to a maidservant. Behold, you're permitted to any other man. That's an expression of divorce. That's not an expression of freedom from servitude. So if he says to this maidservant, it's not a statement. But if he says to his wife, behold, you are to yourself. You are yours. Interesting. What's the halacha? You mean you are yours, meaning as far as your work? I'm not going to take, you know, your income is not uh, connected to our marriage anymore. I don't Maybe he means to divorce her. Come and listen. The time we learned to the Brisa. Gufa shall get shikhra, the essence of a body of, uh, the essence of a uh, statement, a, a document of freedom for a servant. It says, Hare ato ben Hare You're a free man, you're to yourself. You own the body. He says, you are to yourself. It's completely for himself. A woman, he never owned her body. So you don't need to give her that back. So if you say you're to yourself, how much more so is she completely to herself? Meaning, if an expression of you are yours is valid when you're giving up so much ownership, it's certainly going to be valid when you only need to give up less ownership which is unique to her hand in marriage. So the bottom line is, the Gemara is ruling that if you say to a woman, behold, you, you, are, you hand her a get, and you say you are to yourself, is that a valid divorce? The answer is yes. It's a valid divorce. Okay. Om le Ravina le Ravashi. Ravina says to Ravashi. Again, we're now going through various examples of husbands or call it masters, who want to release an obligation, and they're used like a very vague expression. So Ravina says to Rashi, Amar if somebody says to his servant, I am not involved in business deals with you. I have nothing to do with you. I'm not dealing with you. 
my what is the halacha? in the Bach, when he says I have nothing to deal with with you, it means you're out of here, you're completely free. I don't Maybe he means listen, I still own you. You don't need to work for me. You're on vacation, but you're still my ever. I'm giving you a sabbatical. What does he mean? Come and prove the answer to that question from here. Somebody sells his Eved to idolaters. The Eved goes free. And the Jewish master has to give him a document of freedom. It's fascinating. Any Jewish master that that gets a Canaanite slave... That Canaanite slave is pretty much Jewish. An Eva Canaanite kept mitzvahs. Same standard of mitzvahs as a woman. You hear this? You had an Eva Canaanite, they, they, they keep mitzvahs like a woman, which means they're obligated all the mitzvahs, but not time bound mitzvahs. They're not obligated time bound mitzvahs because they have an owner, so they have a responsibility to the owner. Which means that a Jewish master is never allowed to sell an Eva Kanani to a non-Jewish owner. Because you're taking somebody from a status of being obligated to mitzvahs to now a completely non-Jewish situation, you're not allowed to do this. So the halacha is, if a Jewish master does this, Jewish master takes a non-Jewish servant, an Eva Kanani, a Canaanite slave, and sells him to a non-Jewish master, halacha, the Canaanite slave walks away from the master. Says the Brisa, the original owner has to write him a document of freedom. So nobody can ever take ownership over this guy. When is this true? When the original owner did not write an Ainai, a document of Ono. We'll explain in a moment what a document of Ono is. But if the original owner gave him a document of Ono at the time that he sold him to the non-Jewish guy, then if he, if he uh, did not give him an Ainai, then you need to give him a, a, a document of freedom. If you already gave him an Ainai, he's free. Says says, what's an Ainai? What do you mean the Jewish master gave him a document of Ono? Hechi dummy Ono, what is that? What's an Ono? Omar of Sheshes explains the Kosav Lei, the original Jewish owner writes, If you ever run away from him, I have no obligations with you, which means I'm not involved with you uh, at all, which proves that this is a complete freedom in place. So here's the deal. If the servant already has a document of Ono stating that the Jewish master never has any dealings with him anymore, so all the Evan has to do is show that document to anybody who comes around, and it's clear that he's free. It's clear that he's free halachically. Amr says, Interesting halach. Get ready for this. Let's say you have a man who doesn't have much money. Or he's a cheapskate. Ready? So usually you give something valuable to the woman and you're married. Here the guy says to the woman like this, I'm marrying you with this ring on condition, this ring is a loan. 
You can use it for a week, give it back after Sheva Brachas. It's yours for a little bit. And then I get it back. Hamikadesh Bamova, Mekudashas, you are not married. However, you ready for this? Bahanoas Milva, which we'll explain in a moment. If he says, I'm marrying you with the value that you will financially benefit from the loan. Not I'm marrying you with the value of the ring or the value of the actual loan. See, there's value to even having money in your domain. Money makes money. There's value with holding on to money. So if he says, I'm marrying you with the gains of the benefit of holding on to the money, that it's yours for that short time, see, that's going to be a valid marriage. Because you're not marrying her with the loan anymore. You're marrying her with something that's actually hers. And that is the gains that she has during the time that the money is in her domain. However, even though it's a valid marriage, you're not allowed to do this. It smells of ribbis. It smells of interest. Because now what's happening is, at the end of the story, you gave her a $100 ring, you gave her $100 cash. You say, in a month, give it back. She didn't give back $100 cash. Now during that month, she got a real financial benefit from having access to that cash. So you, and you said to her, I'm marrying you with that financial benefit of holding on. So really, that's considered money. Should be married. But says the Gemara, here's the problem. At the end of the month, when she gives you back the $100, what is the husband getting back? A hundred bucks plus a marriage, which smells like interest. Smells like you're getting back more than your loan. You got an additional gain so the rabbis say, are you married? Yeah. Can, are you allowed to do this? No. Says the Gemara, what is the benefit of a loan? Yeah. Says the Gemara, this, this uh, benefit of the loan that she's receiving. What does that mean? If you're going to say that he literally is charging her interest, but the Amar La Arbab Hamisha, yeah, I'm giving you four coins, you give me back five. How ribis value you see? That's clear cut ribis. That's that, that's interest. There's, there's no question. Void Hainu Mulva, yeah, and that's just marrying her with a loan. So one says, What's happening is the way we explained it, and that is, you know, you can even have a case in the following. Get ready for this. It's like we explained where there's a benefit just to having the money. The Gemara says, so much so. Let's imagine the following scenario. You have a man and woman that the woman borrowed $100 from the man for a year. Borrows $100 for the year. The year is up. She comes to him and she requests an extension of the loan. The man says, tell you what, we've been dating, whatever, I'll extend it for another year if you marry me with the value of the extension. Right? So since she never had that benefit, she was obligated to pay back earlier. 
So the marriage is going to take effect on the added benefit. But we still say that since it seems like a shtick within the laws of ribbis, you're not allowed to do such a thing. Is there value? There's value. But since it seems like shtick and ribbis, we're not, uh, we, we say don't do that. Okay. Amar Rabba Rabba says, If a man says to a woman, I'm sorry, a regular case, one person says another person, take this $100, just give it back to me. If you're buying something that's not a transaction because you're getting your money back. And if you give it to a woman and you tell her to give it back, you're not married. If you do this to a Kohen at the firstborn son's Pitna Ben, I'm giving it to you, I want it back in a, in a Benai Padui. It's not a Pitna Ben. But Truma, when it comes to Truma, you walk over to Kohen and say, I'll give it to you, but I want it back. So, Yotza Yidei Nesina. So it's considered like you gave Truma to a Kayin, but Vasar Lassus came. You can't do that. It's, it's forbidden to do. But because it, it seems like you have a, a Kayin who's in cahoots with the Yisrael trying to pull off shtick in the, uh, in the granary. Says the Gemara, Micah Savar Rava. What, what, what's Rava's problem? What's actually happening over here? If he holds that when you give a gift to somebody and you say, listen, it's completely yours, here's a gift. I want it back in a month. This is not a loan. It's a gift. I'm giving you a gift. Short-term usage. See, by a loan, it's not a gift. I want something... I'm giving it to you and I want that same thing back. By a gift, it's mom is yours. You completely own it. I just want it back. After a month. If you hold that, it's considered a valid gift. So then, afilu kulunami. In all these cases, it should be a valid marriage and so on and so forth. A valid gift. I understand. Right? In all the earlier cases, what happened? We said, somebody walks over to somebody else and he says, uh, sell me that and I'll give you money for a short term period. Uh, marry me and give me the money back soon. Uh, you redeem my son, uh, Mr. Cohen, and I want the money back. We all say, jump in the lake. Not valid. But by Truma, it is valid. So the Gemara is asking a basic, basic question, which is, why would giving Truma to a Kohen be any different, have a different halacha, than all the other ones? Now, the assumption is that it has to be based upon an underlying law. If these transactions work, they should work always. If they don't work, they should never work. And furthermore, Rava who authored the statement, he's the same one that said, he holds short-term gifts. Are called full-fledged gifts. The Yama Rabba, how do we know Because Rabba says, get ready for Sukkot, Chevra. First day of Sukkot. The halacha is, I need to own my Lulav and Esrik. It cannot be borrowed. I come to Shul, I don't have a Lulav and Esrik. So I walk over to Artnos. And I say, can I use your Lulav and Esrik on the first day? So if you say to me, yes, it's yours, completely yours. It's not lent, it's yours, Tendler. On condition you give it back to me after davening. I'm giving you a complete gift, on condition you give it back to me. You know what the halacha is? Not If I do it and I give it back, Yatsa, I got my mitzvah, it was considered mine for that hour. However, v'imlav, let's say I never give it back. So now it was never a gift in the first place. Because you said, I'll give you a gift. I'll condition you to give it back. So if I don't give it back, so it never became mine, I don't get my mitzvah. So you see from over here, 
Rava holds, when I give a short-term gift, it's considered a complete gift. If that's true, why can't I do the same thing by marriage? Why can't I do the same thing by a sale? Walk over to a woman and say, this is your ring for a month on condition you give it back. Let it be a valid marriage. It's complete. You gave her something that she completely owns for a month. Why isn't it valid? Elam Ravashi, Ravashi explains, Bekulu Kani Labar Meisha. He says, you're right. In all situations, it should be valid except for marriage. And here's why. Because there's a rule which we're going to get to later, which is that one of the ways to acquire something is with a symbolic exchange. Now, if I give the ring as a short-term gift and she's not holding on to it, so it's considered hers while she has it, but since she needs to return it, it's going to be viewed as an exchange type of acquisition, a chalipin, and chalipin cannot work. There's a rule. Ain isha niknas b'chalipin. A woman can never be acquired with a, what's the best English word for chalipin? In exchange. You can never acquire a woman in exchange for, for something else. What's the source? This is in a rule. The source will get to a different time, Bez Hashem. But we have to take that as an underlying rule. And therefore, generally, everything acquires with a short-term gift. Marriage is unique. Marriage is going to be different. And therefore, short-term gifts won't work. Last line. The way that you explained Rava is completely correct. Okay. We'll hold it here for this evening. Tomorrow morning at 9.30, we will pick up from the two dots on the very bottom line with with uh, Amar Rava. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, everybody.